0: up everybody welcome to Checkpoint AFK this is sort of our lifestyle podcast from the Checkpoint XP crew I am Norris Howard along here with the rest of the crew Chad Callahan Robbie Landis and Callie Sloan now I know you're wondering and you're not used to the fact that I am the one here talking uh right out of the gate so we got some stuff that we got to address right now off the bat and that is, unfortunately, Nate Bender is no longer part of the Checkpoint XP team. Uh, it was a decision that we... You know, it, it just happened. It mm-hmm. was a decision that was made. Above um, our heads. Above our heads. And it, it, it came down, and obviously we're absolutely gutted by the decision. But... um. We have to we have to push forward and, and make a show, uh, and so we've we've all talked to Nate. Nate's doing fine. He wanted me to let you guys know he's doing fine. Um, say hi to him, I guess, on social media. You know, you know where he is. Um, but
1: it it, we, it, it it does need to be said uh, from all of us. Uh, at least, uh, I mean, me, Robbie, and Norris. None of us yeah. are where we are today without Nate. Not even Absolutely. close. So uh, the biggest heartfelt thanks uh, for everything goes out to Nate.
0: Seriously. Um, And without a doubt, he's uh, a guy that, you know, set us up in a position to be able to do this kind of stuff, set us up with the know-how to be able to take part in in any of it. And so uh, we definitely want to give thanks to Nate. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that's, how how things roll sometimes. Uh, and it's a crazy time right now. So uh, we definitely wanted to take the time out to let you guys, the listeners and viewers know. Um, and we wanted to, you know, be as transparent as possible. Uh, we didn't want there to be a lot of questions and stuff out there. So uh, unfortunately, yeah, Nate is no longer with the team. Uh, there is a possibility you may see him again. But as of right now... Um, yeah, it's, this is the crew. So, uh, we're going to just give that a moment to breathe. Uh, usually, we'll read reviews and all that stuff, but I want let, to let that uh, sort of get a little bit of, of room, and we're going to come right back where we're going to talk about the PS5 and the rumors that it may cost a little bit less than we expected. So... Stick around. We're going to have more of a conversation and discussion on that coming up on Checkpoint AFK. Let's go, boys! We have our
1: Apex champions.
0: I think we clutched.
1: And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Oh, we have an unprecedented outbreak.
0: Thousands of us walking the earth. We might die
2: at any moment. Because we're under attack. In which case, we must act fast. Doctors are trying their best. Working long hours and... Always sacrificing. Their health. To protect you. Well, I'd very much like to thank them.
0: Thanks, doctor.
2: Thank you, doctor. Thank you, doctor.
0: Thank you, doctor.
2: Wait a minute. What's the prognosis?
0: It's still changing
2: so we have a novel virus and no vaccine at this time what should we do we got to get everybody else back into the houses we got to keep on there in other words this is our lockdown right what that means is stay in your homes make no attempt to reach loved ones and take a long nap you can count me out
3: you can count me out too some people are immune to good advice <laughs> you know what i
0: mean <laughs> those idiots i just need to make sure you fully understand
2: Let's recap. I'm begging you. Stay inside.
3: Wash your hands. And make sure you you've got 10 feet of personal space
0: around you. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. Uh uh uh. I didn't hear you wash your hands. So think on this, lads. When you're home watching TV, think about the medical stuff. Working for you. So I'm asking you. Stay home.
2: I'm in isolation.
0: Just stop the virus.
2: All right, I'll do it.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah!
2: You stay classy, planet Earth.
0: back to checkpoint afk your host norris howard here along with Robbie landis Callie slow and chad callahan and uh we wanted to talk today a little bit about the ps5 there's some price rumors that have been floating around on how much this thing will actually cost we've gotten a lot more information on the xbox series x triple x yeah yeah uh- box <laughs> and We've, we've got a lot more information about that, but Callie, let us know uh, what, what these rumors are and how much this thing may end up costing.
1: Yeah, so uh, the big rumors that started to uh, float around this week, uh, and this came via uh, a retailer in Canada uh, who had it uh, leaked the price, they had it up for $600 Canadian, which would be about $400 U.S., and uh, since then, sites like uh, Comic Book and Tom's Hardware and a few others have all been picking up on it. A lot of uh, the major game publishers have yet to... uh have yet to start reporting on it and we're not believe us we're not trying to put this out as gospel we're not trying to put this out as solid fact it's just a really interesting talking point at a time where COVID-19 has led to us not having a ton of interesting talking points so we thought (laughs) we thought it might be interesting to kind of break down if these rumors are true if, oh, because uh,
2: because uh, up to this point, all of the, uh, you know, the analysts and the predictions were that based on the stuff that's going into it, that if they want to turn any sort of profit, they're looking at at least like 550 five for it.
1: Right. And the other thing that we'd heard uh, coming out of it was that uh, Sony was looking at it as being willing to take a hit or a loss on the console price in order to maintain the dominance in the market. And... to,
0: to- push units yeah
1: exactly to push units and because at the end of the day no company ever makes their money on the console you make it on the game sales
0: it, ab- absolutely you make it on the game sales and you make it off all your add-on uh your store subscriptions. purchases subscriptions stuff like that and so uh just to compare the xbox series x has been rumored around to be uh about a hundred bucks more so around five hundred bucks now they're series-
3: thinking it's oh. almost even five fifty
0: yeah, maybe 550 because there will probably be a pro version of that as well. Uh, again, that is not confirmed. But the thing about the Xbox Series X is, as it stands right now, it is the most powerful machine that will hit the market. There's no, there's no doubt about that.
1: But it's got so many teraflops.
3: <laughs> uh, two, teraflops two, whole, two whole more teraflops.
0: Whole ass teraflops. But the thing that I think consumers are not going to care about is, first of all, what the hell is a teraflop? Nobody cares. Um. And the second thing is is what are the games? What sort of support is you know the, the Xbox Series X going to have? Because that has been the thing that has put PS4 over the top is that it came out of the launch 100 bucks cheaper because it didn't include the stupid Kinect uh, like the Xbox One did. And then on top of that, you also had a larger and more prolific game library. Sony is positioning themselves to do the same thing again in this gen and have a stronger library and have their console come out at least $100 cheaper, what does Microsoft do in this case? If, because if this happens again, just get out.
2: Microsoft, for, well, first of all, I don't think Microsoft is making the, the smartest choices. I think that this will be the first generation where they do actually start to have some... To an extent a comparable library you know over the past few years they've been picking up more and more of these independent studios and adding them to the microsoft studios but i think where they then cut the legs out from underneath themselves even in a case where they do have just as many games as uh uh, as sony does is that they aren't just they're they're not console specific right if you buy something Mm -hmm. whether it's on the xbox or it's on the pc you get it on both anyway. So even myself who, you know, owns a PlayStation and will have a PS5, if Microsoft comes out with a great game, I still don't have to buy a Series X because I have a PC.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's a that's a huge thing and a huge detriment. And so I, I wanted to pull up because you brought up a good point about that the the Xbox um sort of indie studios that they went out and bought, right? So we're talking about 343 Industries, Ninja Theory, Obsidian, uh rare they got a lot of these smaller studios that are really great at making some good games but i don't see console movers outside of halo i don't see anything that makes somebody go and buy a series x over a ps4 when a ps4 or ps5 when a ps5 is a hundred dollars cheaper like indie games are cool even even before the hundred
2: dollars cheaper i still don't see it happening
0: well, yeah, and that's and that's my point. And so, you know, we had the the talk with the uh, with the Sony technicians that was supposed to be their GDC talk. That was a bunch of nerd stuff <laughs> that a lot of people didn't understand and were strangely soothed by.
1: I gotta um, tell you, as 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 someone who is who's spending their career in gaming right now, I didn't understand the half of that. I went to school for game design, and I don't understand the half of that. Probably good yeah. thing you dropped out. Probably for yeah. the best. <laughs>
0: Man, listen, I don't even think people (laughs) with game design degrees would have understood, you know, that it was very hardware based, that conversation. And it was about the system architecture itself. And while it was informative, it didn't necessarily move the needle, I think, for a lot of people because they just want to know what the hell they could play on it.
1: Right. You can tell the marketing department didn't write that one.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so... Even with all that, and we know that the, the the development of the PS5 is very similar to the Xbox Series X, but it's nowhere near as sort of, it's nowhere near as sort of, you know, in-depth as Sony went to explain the system architecture, but... Even after all that, and after the fact that nobody understood what the hell Cerny was talking about, nobody really knows how powerful this system is or the Xbox Series X really is. After all that, it comes down to the games. And Sony has announced all of maybe one because it's a multi-platform game. Was it Godfall or something like that? They've announced like one game and then they've also said, oh yeah, there's a possibility that it's 100 bucks cheaper. Well, and that's Which, the th- by the way, that's the retailers, excuse me.
1: Right. but that's the thing though, like if you're a Microsoft executive right now, obviously maybe you have a little bit more insight on what the PS5 is going to cost than say your average person. But if those rumors start coming out and you're like, "Oh my god, it, there's no way. It can't be $400. There's no way they're keeping it at that price point." But you gotta be feeling like in your heart somewhere like you gotta be a little nervous don't you like because if this happens again if they take you out the same way again like
0: that's <laughs> brutal once, I mean, shame I mean,
3: on me fool me twice shame on you kind of thing
0: absolutely because dude we talk about back when the the last year that e3 actually mattered uh when the ps4 and the xbox one were both announced at the same at the same conference
1: god it's been a while and
0: you had microsoft go out there and talk about the connect and it was always on and all this other stuff what was it wasn't the xbox uh, one the one about like you couldn't share your games or something like that yeah they had or the whole no, it was the P- it was the ps4 is like oh you could it was a rumor you couldn't share your games yeah. because you wouldn't be able to take a disc and give it to somebody else and they could play the game all of this was huge huge, huge big news Xbox comes out, does their conference, everybody's like, okay, that kind of went It went alright, yeah. It went alright. And then Sony comes out and says, oh yeah, we got everything that they got, you can share your games, and, by the way, it's a hundred bucks cheaper.
1: Sony strutted out on stage with no pants (laughs) on and did the helicopter dance for the better part (laughs) of 30 minutes. Like...
3: You gotta think, the the one thing that they're taking consideration is user experience. And the one thing that I complain about the PS4 the most is that no matter how many games like, we we have a million games because like, the free games on the PlayStation Plus happen all the time, you know, things like that. And it's constantly this battle of uh, the undownload this, to redownload that, and oh, I want to play that that party game that we don't play very often, but I don't have enough room, let me do that. They've kind of semi- I I mean, I don't know to what degree, but they've kind of pretty much discovered a way to kind of fix that to a degree on the PlayStation 5 where you can kind of pick and choose what part of the game you want. For example... Yeah, the PlayStation downloading. Yeah, yeah, I just downloaded the whole damn Modern Warfare, even though it's free, to play uh, Warzone. But on the PlayStation 5, I assume... I assume. Granted, this might be up to the game developer. I assume that I will only have to download the Warzone mm-hmm. p- portion instead of the entire hundred gigs that my computer now has on it. Absolutely. So that's the thing that I think they're they're a little bit, you know, forward thinking on compared to Xbox.
1: Well, I mean, not just that, but having the PS4 chipset built into the PS5 chipset for for yeah. yeah for backwards compatibility purposes. The solid state hard drive really can't be overstated enough. Like. Think about like you know we all work with solid state hard drives because mm-hmm. working without one in our line of work is a nightmare. Yeah. So finally, for um, PS5 to be catching up, for consoles to be catching up for that idea, and for the hardware to be swappable is unbelievable to me.
0: And they and they leaned on to that, yeah. Like not not the not just that because hardware in in console since the PS3, I think, has been swappable, hard drives. You've been able to do it, but it's been something that they've never actually gone out and said, like, if you want to swap, swap.
3: Yeah, because didn't they used to get rid of your warranty if you opened it at it
0: all? It did. It did. And now, but now they're saying, not only is it swappable, but we've built the architecture for hard drives that are not even on market yet. Like, that was another thing that they said, uh, that Cerny said during his, his TED talk, basically, um, was that we're building this machine for hardware and peripherals that don't even exist at market yet there's nothing microsoft said even close to anything like that with any of their information that they put out and what that tells me is that sony is thinking about this machine thinking about this console as probably their last console like i I think this this is the last time we see sort of a big old black box on your entertainment center that sits there and you put games into it well I,
2: I don't know how much i can invest in that but they are for sure definitely going in the opposite direction to what microsoft is which is coming out with you know whether it's a pro or a light version coming out with a new console every two years you know it's something that they want you to upgrade as often as you're upgrading your phones And I think that Sony recognizes, well, Microsoft probably looks at it as we're giving you lots of different options. Sony's like people don't want to buy that many consoles, right? Mm -hmm. They want to plop down, you know, the big chunk of cash they do for the original one. And then they want to hold on to that for the generation. And they just want to worry about games. So I think that Sony is very smart here, investing in the fact that you know, it's going to be services, it's going to be games, and it's maybe going to be like peripherals that people want to buy. Yeah. It's not the big heavy hardware.
1: I think we're likely to see that the PS5 can be updated in some fashion without having to buy a whole new console. I, I think it's that's the like only. A computer. Computer. It's, a, it's a PC at that point. Well, now. but if you if you're buying into the the theory that. And I mean, again, it's all rumor, but that Sony is willing to take a loss on the system to have marketplace dominance. They're not going to take that loss on then the PS5 Pro or they're not going to take that loss every few years. They're going to want the one time loss to own a generation.
3: Yeah. And although this makes me laugh because the idea of remember when the PS4 uh, 3 came around and we're like, no more memory cards? Holy crap. And now we're kind of back to that. <laughs> where it was just bigger, more chunkier memory yeah. cards that were sliding in and out of the same thing. That's probably where they're going to make their money back because people like me who are too lazy to undownload redownload things i would gladly go get the playstation 5 official one that the i know isn't first party not the, not the mad cats version that uh, <laughs> deleted all my fucking shit and but the ps1 all right i don't want that anymore i've learned my lessons going i need the exact ps5 party one you so went know, from having
1: a, a bookshelf of cd cases to going digital and now you're going to have a bookshelf of hard drives that have like, like a little piece of masking tape on the side that says Red Dead Redemption three on it.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm great. Okay that. Awesome. I'm all right. Well, with that but, the, degree. but the, but the, but but my point is, and what I think is really sort of important about this whole thing is that I think you guys are absolutely right. Is that this is going to be a, you know, a malleable, almost not, not open source, but a very, a swappable and customizable system and when you do stuff like that it's, it's part of why pc has been so dominant for so long because i can have my laptop my gaming laptop upgrade the ram or have my desktop and upgrade the graphics card upgrade the ram and i'm using technically the same box for like a decade yeah. And I think consoles have never quite latched onto that idea. And Rob, you're absolutely right. People don't want to go out and buy another $300 box, even if I could go to GameStop, which you can't anymore. But <laughs> even if I could go to GameStop and swap out my old box and then get a new one. And th- nobody wants to go through that. Not when no. I can go to Micro Center and pick up a new hard drive or pick up a new graphics card. And it's almost like I have a whole new system. Do you this realize is,
1: that this. the collector's editions of the PS5 generation are going to come with their own hard drive with the game already installed on it? Like, yeah, that, clever. That but it is. But too. if you think of
3: this, we we should have seen this coming the minute that microtransactions became a thing. Because instead of paying four or five hundred dollars for another console, you're essentially going to probably inevitably pay that much money. To get all the components to create the new version of the like the PS6 that let's pretend that that's what will happen after that maybe so the same box but, you're just putting all the new shit in it but you don't but have to do it th- all at once.
0: But here's the thing: is that when the fact that Sony is thinking very carefully about their system architecture and how they're building their consoles, right? When you built your stuff in a way that you do, like people can have a PS5 and still be playing majority PS4 games. Or people can upgrade, like you said, sort of in a marginalized way, but you won't necessarily have to buy a whole new four hundred dollar box to get to that level if if sony comes out with the ps6 or the ps6 chipset or whatever and they just say hey here's a thing that you put in your ps5 that will make it stronger and can play all the new games oh and by the way it's 150 bucks
1: and it's called the expansion pack please don't sell us nintendo (laughs) <laughs> straight <laughs> up yeah give you no,
3: two extra teraflops we're going go, we're going back to full. cartridges
1: this is effectively we're going back to cartridges this generation it's just going to be, be for as hard as drives as long as i don't have to blow before on it
0: shall be again <laughs> okay it, but I, but i think all of these are really good ideas but once again these are ideas all coming out of one camp and i think that's the problem and I think when PS5, if these rumors are true, that it's $100 you know, $100 cheaper than what they're talking about for Xbox, and all of the stuff that they say with the system architecture is true, and all the stuff that they're talking about with third-party developers is true, none of the good news is coming out of Microsoft. It's, it's the, 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 the uh, immortal battle of choosing between being first and being right. And I think Sony is erring on the side of being right, doing it right and doing it in a way that's going to be fair to consumers and also being fair to gamers instead of just trying to be first and the most powerful
3: yeah i mean i kind of i kind of agree it's kind of the same concept as uh, like you know apple versus uh, android android's technically a stronger platform they always they're always a little bit ahead of the curve but apple always spends a little bit more time on that user thing and that's why they tend to win out and they they're always the first to get that app they're always the first to do this that's exactly what playstation is doing Xbox is stronger. It's technically stronger with all the stats, but do we need it to be? Not necessarily. Well, I don't. I don't see the difference. I probably won't even notice the difference.
1: That's the thing, really. It's, it like we joke and laugh about like the phrase teraflops? It's become a meme at this point. But it, right. I mean, to an extent, it is a measurement of power. But the question isn't which one has more. The question should be, what is the tangible difference between, you know, uh-huh. six and eight? Or 11 yeah. and 13. It's like, at some point, I've got 64 gigs of RAM. Okay, well, I could have a terabyte of RAM, but at some point, does it matter? Like, once you're over right. 64 gigs, who cares?
2: Well, how, and, and how many games and developers are actually using it to the potential? You know, when I last rebuilt my PC, I think that DD R 4 had just came out, mm. but everywhere that I read was like, "Don't get it. It's you know so much more expensive, but nothing that you're going to be playing right For now no actually yeah. uses it."
0: Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, it,
3: I was it, just, that's, I just that's, need that's what's
0: going to happen, and that's what's going to happen with with the Series X. Go ahead, Chad. Sorry.
3: I was just, I just need the proof then. Like, uh, you, you, if you're going to tout that this is so much stronger, I need a side by side comparison of like the same game from PlayStation Four or PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X playing and then you got to show me the difference that those two teraflops or whatever other shit it had made
1: yeah you need to show me a difference where a game where it makes a difference because i have no doubt that it is technically more powerful but if i get the same experience then who cares
3: right and if it's like red i think there's certain games that it might compare to like obviously a game like halo i feel like relies heavily on graphics so that makes sense to me. But that's not a game that's going to be on the PlayStation 4, but, so it's like, I don't Chad, care.
2: <laughs> even even even, you know, the most intense games, like, like, like let's take Cyberpunk, right? Because that's going to be probably one of the most beautiful games ever designed. True. We're at the point now where graphics are so good, I don't need them to even be any better. That's right? true. Whether be, I'm uh, playing Cyberpunk on the PC, the PS4, uh-huh. or the Xbox, it's going to look gorgeous on all of them. And if it comes down to, hey... You know the pixels are a little bit sharper here for an extra 150 200 and less games overall i'm not dropping that money true
0: and yeah, exactly. a lot of that comes yeah. down to
2: the tv that you're
0: using well, it, you see, <laughs> that it, might we, as well yeah
2: we segue
3: into, my very,
0: into my very next point is that i still have a launch ps4 like launch ps4 Same. still works Same. perfectly fine no issues, and people are like, oh, you didn't go get the Pro? Why? 4K does not increase my experience (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a 4K TV. And even if I did, it doesn't increase my experience by that much. So when we're talking about these teraflops and graphical fidelity, that is no longer a rubric that I think that gamers are intrigued by anymore. I think they want to know what's, you know, the games, the features, the ability to be able to partition their games different download models like that's what people you know backwards compatibility that's that's another big one that i think gamers are more interested in than graphical fidelity because some of the best video games that have come out have not been the most graphically intensive we all played celeste a couple years ago one of the best games i played in the past five years Terraflops would do nothing for that game what do I need eight Teraflops to pay, play Celeste or something like that for? So you don't necessarily need this graphical fidelity. You continue to build a powerful machine, but you also take care of the user experience like Chad was talking about. And I think you'll have a strong console and they'll sell well. Point yeah.
3: blank. I think that people are going to make the argument that like most and this is about consoles i think that i'm going to throw that out there and this is where the argument is going to come from like oh the pc is going to run it better yes always gonna be the case (laughs) like it's never not going to be the case i mean until like i don't know maybe in some dystopian future that might not be the case i don't know well it's only not the case
1: when a game is poorly optimized for pc
3: (laughs) right so i i want to just throw that out there we're talking about the user experience from a console standpoint because i I can already in my head hear all the the, the people just bitching about like well, be better on the PC. Be, why bother with the be console?
0: Better on PC. <laughs> but listen, you're absolutely right. Um, again, we're talking about the PS5 price rumors and sort of the PS5 in general, and rumors from retailers usually have turned out to have some nugget of truth within them because you know they get MSRP's and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm I'm. Treating this with you know, a grain of salt, but also this is a very positive sign uh, for Sony moving forward in the future if this is indeed true. But true. Uh, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come right back because as we're recording this, uh, Twitch is going nuts because Valorant, uh, Riot's new game, is uh, getting ready to have some drops involved uh, from all their streamers. So we're going to very briefly talk a little bit about Valorant and then we'll be right back.
1: The seasons are changing,
2: so to celebrate the swing into spring, we would like to ask gamers who their favorite green-themed video game character is and why. Come with me! My favorite green themed video game character is Yoshi from the Mario World and he's just really cute and he's fun to play and I like the Yoshi World games. So my
0: favorite green themed video game character uh, of all video games is probably be Link from the Zelda franchise, specifically in Twilight Princess. Uh, growing up and playing the Zelda franchise, specifically Twilight, uh, it had a really gritty, really raw, really dark theme to it and I fell in love with that aspect of playing a role-playing games such as Zelda. So my favorite
2: character, my favorite green character is Yoshi from Mario Kart Double Dash. I used to play that game a lot when I was little and my favorite map in the video game is Yoshi Island. So it's just all Yoshi. He's my favorite. So my favorite green character is the little pea shooter from Plants vs. Zombies. So not only are these little guys adorable, but they're deadly. They can cleanly knock the heads off zombies. They protect your lawn from the zombies that want to eat your brains. They come in a variety. They're pretty cool, man. Shoutouts. <laughs> um, Lily from uh, Animal Crossing. And
1: <laughs> why?
2: Because she's really cute, and she helps me manage my pocket um, camp, and she's adorable.
1: <laughs> so my favorite green theme character is Ivern from League of Legends, and despite his peculiar personality and lore, he's a very, he plays a very supportive role in the game, and it's probably one of my most favorite things to do in the game is help him to protect others. So it would be Piccolo
2: from Dragon Ball. Uh, that would be my favorite green-themed character. Uh, I play Dragon Ball Fighters. love that game. He's not the strongest uh, fighter in the game, but he's got some really cool moves. Um, I like having him on my team, my trio. I think he's like also one of my favorite characters because he's got one of the best voice actors in, an- in English dub anime that I've ever heard. He also voices Vegeta, love him, and All Might, so many cool characters he's done. So um, yeah, that's my favorite green-themed character. Well, that's it for me this week. Thanks to the students at UNLV for sharing your favorite green-themed video game characters. On behalf of Checkpoint XP on campus, stay green and have a great spring.
0: Welcome back to Checkpoint AFK. Your, you know, your podcast about stuff. Video game stuff. Uh, we're here talking a little bit about the PS5 previously, and now we're gonna talk a little bit about Valorant. If you are unfamiliar with Valorant, uh, it is Riot Games new game, uh, one of the few new games that they announced that they would be developing this is sort of a CSGO style game uh that they uh announced and as we are recording this podcast twitch is going nuts because there will be closed beta keys dropping if you are watching the streamers so wow. uh guys uh the how are you feeling about Valorant? I've seen a little bit of the game in motion now uh from various streamers. Uh I know Weirdbeard, even though he's not on the show right now, is very excited. Callie, you're the next closest CSGO person. Have you seen a little bit of Valorant? Yep. What do you think of it so far? All
1: right. So, I mean, I'll just put this out there to start with. We did get our uh, reach out from Riot, who and they've uh, said, you know, hey, send us information if you want in on the Valorant beta. So we're all sitting here with fingers crossed that they'll get back to us very shortly. Everyone cross your fingers for us, please. Uh, so we're hoping to hear back from them. Uh, I'm pretty geeked. I like Counter-Strike a a great deal. Uh, It's not a game that I expected to like. Like, if you'd asked me two years ago, are you gonna get into CSGO? I'd probably said no. But, at this point, I'm watching it basically whenever it's competing. I'm trying to play as much as possible, because it is a game that is objectively terrible, and no one should ever play it.
3: (laughs) All right, here's the thing about
1: Counter-Strike. When it's good, it's great.
3: Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's, Counter-Strike is that game, yeah, it's old, it's it's kind of got it's got a stigma to it because of the the fans. I'm not gonna lie, but at the same time, it's a game that is rather easy to follow as far as as from a competitive standpoint, and I think yeah, that's why you're just doing
2: the same thing for 60 seconds, 60 times in a row.
3: Well, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, someone's clearly got some gripes about it, but I I think the thing is is like it's boring sure, to watch. <laughs> I mean, I I th- first I thought the same thing, and I you know I worked briefly with the team. You know, who is majorly into CSGO and I didn't get it at first, but once you start watching it and you start thinking about the strategies behind it, it gets a lot more interesting. And that's the thing that I'm excited about in this game because it looks like we're doing a lot more of that. It's taking a little bit of Overwatch strategy and putting it into CSGO, which I think is the biggest part of this. That's yeah, the most C- exciting C- part that I'm, uh, for me.
0: Yeah, see, for me, you know, that was the one thing that kept me away from CSGO. First of all, the concept that you have to stop to shoot, which I think is stupid, Um, and you can't aim down sights, double stupid. But um, I played Counter-Strike a lot back in the day when it first came out uh, back at internet cafes back when that was a thing yeah, right. in america what a dated um, phrase back when what, what's that social
3: distancing ruined all that i
0: don't know i i know but yeah back when that was a thing i was playing a lot of counter-strike so i get it i get the appeal uh, I, I understand why people are very very into it um but after a while it got very stale and robbie you're right i don't want to watch the same thing over and over again for 60 minutes as they you know essentially throw a smoke grenade and shoot somebody in the head Now, with this, I'm really excited because these abilities are adding a really weird layer to a game that already was in anachronism, right? So, it's almost like CSGO, or it's almost like Valorant is doing to CSGO what, like, 2D fighters have been for a year. A 2D fighter is an anachronism. Like, it is old. It is an old idea that people keep building on and building on. Nobody built on the tactical shooter after Counter-Strike came out. They really didn't. I mean, you had Team Fortress, which it was still
3: kind of fun and goofy it was fun
0: but it was different and it was way faster and you know more cartoony i think rainbow
1: six siege is like the only game that's kind of taken that up yeah yeah
0: but even still rainbow six
3: siege the play style is so different i can't even remotely compare
0: it well because rainbow six as a game was more about everything up until you actually got to go shoot
3: the environment less about the, the enemy yeah
0: yeah, and so, well, yeah, the environment itself is a is a force, is an enemy, uh, in, in Rainbow Six, and so you had nobody building upon this tactical shooter genre really until now, and it's just interesting to see somebody else's take on a very very old genre of game that needed an update. Yeah. This is my closest
3: comparison is you know Fortnite v v PUBG like that we always kind of make that comparison like it's it's really taking that game changing it a little bit and then that's what's going to take off and I honestly think that's exactly what's going to happen with Balor. and a lot of people are saying no that CS:GO people are going to stay true to CS:GO but I'm I'm waiting I have a feeling uh, just it's just some
2: change. some quick numbers as uh, reported on Twitter here by Jacob Wolf uh, and Slasher first reported this unfortunately but he says he probably finds pretty fascinating the play valorant influencer count as of this tweet uh 941 000 viewers and riot didn't pay a cent for people to participate in last week's boot camp whereas if you want to go as far back as like play apex for example ninja alone they paid a million dollars for him to play it see, really
0: see that again nuts. but but it's because riot first of all riot has the cultural cachet to be able to do it because of League of Legends. Everybody knows Riot. Riot put out a good product. They continue to support it and support it well. And so, they have a lot of consumer trust. EA has no consumer trust.
1: And that is why they had
0: to go out and pay people.
1: So,
0: Riot... It's why they had to go pay people. Well, EA no apex if you if you told me that apex would have came out without that big influencer push that they did you think that apex would be anywhere right now no
3: Absolutely. well here's two here's two things i think what riot did marketing wise compared to what apex did marketing wise was vastly different and i don't know if i'm gonna you know if that's stig- the if it was influencers or if this marketing track uh track i don't know which one because let's think of it riot's been touting that they've been putting out they were gonna put out games and then they slowly like project was a yeah and then so mm-hmm. then they turned it into like oh it's valor and then they slowly releasing apex was just like one day there was an apex next day there was an apex and you could download it <laughs> well so it's like and which was clever because it, so it did be a lot of people the, to download it was the
0: sega saturn it. the sega saturn model of release where they just say hey here's a new console go buy it it's available it, today well, the thing that's
3: nice about it, Apex, at least it was free. You know yeah. what I mean? It made sense. Ooh. I don't... Is Valor... Well,
0: Valor is free. Yeah. Is it going to be free? Yeah. free?
3: Free to play. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. These are just two... I think it's just two... We're seeing two different marketing strategies, and Apex worked for a while. I just don't... I mean... and. Obviously, just didn't have traction. It so was, wait, it wait, came wait, 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 wait. Hold
2: on, hold on, Chad. Two different marketing strategies. Are you saying that if Riot didn't have all of these other games lined up, if it was just Valorant, you don't think it'd be popping off like it is? No, no, I th-
3: no, no. I think it's the 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 way that they said, "Oh, we we have Project A. There's something in, and it's no, everyone's like, it's what the because hell is Project
2: it's Project A? Riot Games. Yeah. That's I don't why- think so
3: because at the same time, do people who know Riot Games are League of Legends players, not CS:GO or Overwatch. Play maybe some Overwatch because. There's a little crossover, but I'm just saying, shooter people are not interested in League of Legends. No, most but of the t- time, but t- I just don't think they have the same thing.
0: Esports That's people, no but I don't right think there. the
3: people watching on Twitch are all esports people. I, I think there's a lot League of, of them.
2: Legends. I hate Counter Strike, but I want to give Valorant a go. Why? Because Riot is a company that, despite whether or not I consume their stuff, I know has a proven track record. Well, I
3: don't. I, I want. I want to compare this to someone who isn't in the space. Alright, like, that's my difference. I wanna go to someone, like, who is the, the average Twitch, just Twitch viewer. Okay, but that, even but even, there.
0: even that, but even that. If you're talking about somebody who wants to go play a CSGO style game, those are CSGO people. And CSGO people know esports. They've been an esport just as long as anybody else. So they know the esports landscape. If you're thinking that people who are playing Valorant don't know who Riot Games is, Chad, come on. It
2: doesn't even come, come down to that. It doesn't even come down to that, Chad. It comes down to influencers, right? The average Twitch person doesn't need to know what Riot is or even what League of Legends is. Ninja's playing it. Shroud is that's, playing it. That's, the, that's my point. Influencers I guess are playing it, and they're playing the it without being paid. Why? Because it's riot. Because
0: what? Well, because right, those okay, influencers got me there.
3: that that yes, one because got those
0: me. influencers trust Riot, and that's my point, and is what I'm trying to say. It's not necessarily about the average person. It's about the fact that Shroud and Chaco Taco and Tim the Man and all these other people can get a product from Riot Games and know that it has a certain level of support and know that hey this would be something that is gonna have some legs and they're gonna be able to sustain it as a community that was something that apex didn't necessarily have coming out of the gate you had a bunch of people playing it but then you had you know bugs that came out that didn't really get fixed on time you had characters who had hitboxes that shouldn't have existed that didn't get fixed for months you had a uh, esports scene that just didn't happen up until recently and now don't, don't you guys they got,
2: still have no solo queue they have no solo they, queue. oh okay, they? They, oh, they, okay no. They solo queue. oh wait they, i saw a joke that like it was uh
0: what, what it was late was it? it was super late, yeah. but they had it uh, for a while yeah, I don't know. But I mean, at the end of the uh, day,
1: Riot is known for coming into a space a little bit later and doing a game a lot a bit better. Like, at the end of the day, League of Legends was not a new concept. Like, Dota and, and Defense of the Ancients Dota and Warcraft first. 3 had been around for a while. Like, those already existed. Uh, Riot came in with League of Legends and in many eyes did it better. Some would argue vehemently that it's not better, but some would, most would say it is. Uh, then you've
0: the got... The money would say that it's better. Yeah, then you've got Legends of Runeterra, <laughs>
1: which, I mean, uh, clearly taking inspiration from Hearthstone and a little bit from Magic, but putting out a very competent, very strong game. You've got Teamfight Tactics capitalizing off the Auto Battler success, very competent, very successful. So now Riot earns that right to say, okay, cool, we're going to turn our eyes towards a tactical shooter, and everyone just kind of has to go... All right, let's see what you got. Like no one can can just immediately no no one's allowed to immediately just be like, eh, no. Well, and and and,
2: and to what Norris said earlier, you know, the fact that nobody else since Counter Strike has tried to do anything, like yeah, maybe even if it wasn't right, I still think this would draw eyes because it's finally someone else who's who's trying something different with it. Yeah, and
3: it's not a battle royale. And well, it's yeah, not that's, it's not a, I think that's really, honestly, when I. Now that we say that out loud, I truly think that is why. I mean, battle royales for the past what couple of years have been like the strongest contender on Twitch and in esports.
2: But oh, because everyone's try- everyone was trying to replicate Fortnite. They, so yeah, if, so if this would have been a battle royale. Back. I think in that case people might people still would have been excited because it's riot, but probably wouldn't have been as fervent because people are like another battle royale. Exactly. But when it comes to tactical shooters, there's Counter Strike and then and then Rainbow Six, I guess.
3: Yeah, but even still, like I mean, like we said before, Rainbow Six such a drastically different game. You can't. I I mean, they're a tactical shooter, but not the same game. Not like apples and oranges with that one.
0: It like, if someone tried is. to come
3: out and made... Uh, if, if if the next Riot game is a Rainbow Six copy, I am so old. I'm just going to say that right now. And Riot, if you're watching, and I'm, I'm hoping this is true, <laughs> I am... Well, in. Their,
0: their next games are a... Single player term based RPG, yep. com- like what? They're and basically going game.
2: after. Yeah, I feel like they're going after. Except maybe the fighting game uh, uh, aspect. There, I we feel like they're be- going after games and uh, genres that are a little underserved in the past uh, uh, decade. Smart. I would
0: say, uh, so I would smart. say fighting games. I, I'm gonna be honest. I would say fighting games are underserved by a company like Riot. By like well, okay, a big okay. huge company like sure. that, yeah, sure, yeah. But, but,
2: but there are still competent fighting games out there. That absolutely, is, you
0: know, yeah. Absolutely.
3: Honestly, if if you had Norris, this is actually a question for you. It says we're on the topic of fighting games and and developers. If there was a developer to say that we we plan to have an esports scene for this fighting game, whatever it is, like doesn't really matter in the game but mm-hmm. we're going to develop a game specifically for esports
0: what developer would you want to have it right riot, it, yeah. <laughs> riot? <laughs> okay. riot
2: yeah. uh, if it was not Riot, no, can you I have a runner
0: up i would have riot and i would have the game actually built and developed by arc systems okay All right. that's how i would I'm do it but riot would be but riot would be publishing it and handing handling the esports game i'm
3: because, shocked that they haven't had a league of legends fighter kind of thing like that that's one the, of the things i expect it. Is there okay it's in development yeah is that one of about- them? Yeah. Okay. all right, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also an anime.
1: When's that anime gonna get here? I need that in my life.
0: Yeah. Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. It's gonna happen. Well, the the arcane, the cartoon, is coming out. Yeah. But um but but to your point, chat, is that people know that this is coming out to be an esport. There's no there's no, no. Yeah, obvious. This yeah. is gonna be an esport, it's gonna have a community. Counter-Strike for as strong as it is, if this game is competent it doesn't even have to be better if this game is competent okay it will have a community in the same way that people say oh tft it's not better than uh auto chess it's just auto chess nobody cares nobody wants to play tft dude look at where tft is and look at where auto chess is on the viewer Uh count. okay riot has the ability because they have the cultural cachet in esports to be able to dominate just about any space that they go into. I think, personally, fighting games will be the hardest for them to get into. But if they make it a free-to-play game and offer a million dollars for esports tournament, I to when everybody's about to be playing. I
3: don't <laughs> think that... I think the smartest thing Riot does when, they, when they're developing games is that they think of the esport first. They think of how it could potentially be bigger than uh bigger than just the game. I think I mean maybe not maybe not necessarily with League of Legends, but right. like with the rest of it. I think they're moving forward, they're thinking this could be an esport, not just game, maybe not the art but,
0: but I but I think that's but I think that's been the detriment of a lot of games. Yes. And I think that's been what caused the Apex to trip up and what caused PUBG to not be as big as it I- could have been in a lot. Because they put out the game and they say okay esports.
2: People love but, this. Let's make it an esport.
0: But nobody knew how to f- how to fucking
1: do it. Right. I think it's like, so to your detriment when you're not when you don't have an established method of running esports like listen overwatch right. had had exactly. had or blizzard had experience with tespa they had experience with running starcraft they had experience with a whole bunch of other esports. so when they said here's our new game it's going to be our next esport they know what they're talking about same thing with like team fight tactics and legends of runeterra you can make that switch really quick but when someone like uh, ea like comes EA. along yeah. and i mean don't <laughs> get me wrong they've done uh fifa and madden, madden for sure but uh, right. yeah, uh, what's what's the the studio that made um, they made Titanfall? They made Apex Legends. Uh, Respawn. Respawn. Thank Res- you. Uh, when they come along and say, "Here's our game," it's an eSport. We all go, "Oh, all right,
0: sure, maybe." It's guess what? It's not. It's not an eSport right now. No, it's not. It's like you know. And and don't get me wrong. The virus has thrown a lot of stuff out of whack. Um, I was actually very excited for Apex's esports scene to pop off, but it's just not going to happen right now because you can't run those events.
1: But hey, know, I mean, listen, we've like got we've got the shutdown showdown going on right now. We're actually, I think, we're advertising in between these things. There's yeah. not like there's tons of room for Apex to be an eSport. That tournament is yeah. awesome.
0: Obviously, like I clearly, it can work.
1: Enjoy watching. Yeah, so Apex, hey, clearly, it can work. Really,
0: but my po- my point is, is like the EA. What they set out for Apex as a scene earlier this year was very exciting. Yeah, but they're not going to be able to have a chance to do that now because of the virus, and that's going to hurt that game. I'll I, uh, probably hurt, hurt it.
3: I I think it if it if it rebounds. I think the one thing that might be nice about this is that they're they have a little bit more time to flesh things out, and if they use this time wisely, it could rebound. It's still free to play. It's still Fairly popular game. It's still, like, top, you know, watch on... Even with, well, even with
0: Warzone out?
3: Um, I don't think... It's the problem with Call of Duty, and they, they don't do themselves any favors with this, is that they keep switching the games all the time. Like, it's a new game, everything. And I think that's a little bit of a detriment to Call of Duty, in my opinion. I might be wrong. I love Call of Duty to death, so that's my... It's just my two cents, and you could disagree or agree or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the difference between Apex Legends and like Call of Duty, where they just sw- keep switching the games. Um, but yeah, I, I think if they are smart, they'll they'll what they'll do is they'll try to get people. They'll make it more exciting just to play for fun, and then once the the esports scene comes out, then you know maybe I'll maybe I will watch it because I've had so yeah. much fun playing it because I spent more time on it. That's my
0: thought. Ooh. I don't know. Well, that, that's going to be that for that conversation. I hope everybody gets a beta key. Cause <laughs> Fingers I, crossed. I want to play this game. Yeah, so we will bad. play it.
2: So we can all go um, in and suck together.
0: Yeah! Well, uh, group
2: suck.
1: Well, Chad, no.
2: <laughs> okay. Wow. Come on. Call him out for that now. If I'd have said that, you guys have been all over me for free. Uh, <laughs> that's
1: a phrasing <laughs> for sure.
3: Had to be
2: done.
0: Group suck we with three it. C's. <laughs> Um, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's going to be it for this week's Checkpoint AFK uh, with Robbie Landis, Callie Sloan, Chad Callahan, and also uh, much love from Weird Beard uh, as well. That's going to be it. We'll be back here. Uh, well, actually, we don't know if we'll be back here next week because it's a holiday. Mm, uh, true. Uh, so stay well, yeah. tuned to our social medias.
3: Yeah, uh, we won't be here Friday for <laughs> sure, at least. We might have an episode. No no promises. Though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no promises. It is a holiday. So make sure you guys uh, stick around uh, for that. So stay glued to all of our social medias, which you can follow uh, at CheckpointXP on Twitter and on Facebook and underscore Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram is where you can find us. Uh, One more time, Robbie, Callie, Chad, I'm Norris Howard, and we will talk to you with more Checkpoint AFK. See you guys later.